This is episode 84 of the Creative Giant Show. I'm Charlie Gilkey, top of the day to you, and thanks for joining me. Something we don't talk about enough, at least in a positive way, is that many entrepreneurs and small business owners realize that being an entrepreneur or small business owner isn't right for them. Sometimes it's about business models and market trends, and yet other times it has nothing to do with those external conditions. But given that being an entrepreneur and small business owner is a core way of understanding who they are in the world, it can be hard to take the next right step for them without feeling shame, grief, frustration, or anger. Laura Neff joins me today to share what she's learned as someone who stepped away from one small business she started and grew, and is potentially stepping away from her current one into something bigger and better. Ready? Let's do this. Welcome to the Creative Giant Show, where we go behind the scenes about what it means to live a life full of creative and professional success. Creative giants are talented, renaissance souls with a compassion-fueled bias towards action. Now, here is your host, Charlie Gilkey. If you're struggling to keep up with processing your email, SaneBox might be just the tool you need. It has saved me hours of time each month, and the amount of peace of mind I get from it is priceless. SaneBox sorts through your email and moves all of the trivial stuff into a different folder, so the only messages in your inbox are the ones you actually want to see. Aside from removing all of the junk so you can focus on the messages that matter, there's this great feature called the black hole. Move an email into that folder and you'll never hear from the sender again. One and done. Just how we like it. Because email can be such a bear and keep you from finishing the stuff that matters, we worked out a great deal for our listeners. Visit sanebox.com forward slash giant and they'll throw in an extra $25 credit on top of the two-week free trial. You don't have to enter the credit card information unless you decide to buy, so there's really nothing to lose. Again, that's S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com forward slash giant. Hello, Creative Giants. I'm excited to introduce you to Laura Neff. Laura is a leadership and executive coach who's passionate about cultivating a path through life that's never boring, always evolving, and that collects more and more excellent soul friends along the way. From 1992 to 2001, she rocked corporate America in the arenas of associate development, employee engagement, training, and executive and strategic internal communications. Then, because they could, she and her now husband spent 2002 traveling the U.S. and British Columbia in a 32-foot school bus named Bessie that they converted together in their driveway. And despite what you might be thinking, the neighbors loved it and even helped with the conversion. That year opened up a whole new world of vocational and life possibilities, and after exploring retail management, jewelry design, corporate consulting, and urban farming, Laura discovered the profession of coaching. She started her private practice in 2006. Since then, she has become a sought-after coach, facilitator, and adjunct faculty for larger-scale personal business development programs. In early 2002, she also co-founded a vegan-prepared food delivery service in Charlotte, North Carolina, called Nourish, which is still going strong. After turning ownership over to her business partner in late 2014, she's now the company's number one fan. Laura, thanks so much for showing up today and really showing up because, you know, um, as, as we've sort of been talking about this, a lot of this is still really new to you. You're still in the decision-making process. And that's really challenging, and I appreciate the courage and the vulnerability on this one. Thank you. I am in the throes. I'm, I'm in the thrash of the white water. <laughs> that is true. In the thrash of the white water. You know, um, this, 
really what's going on here is um, I like the way, like the way you, you put it um, before we were talking about it, like the organic unfolding uh, of what your life. And, you know, you've been a small business owner in different ways before with nourish. And we'll talk a little bit more about that, but right now what's going on is you're um, currently in this place where I think you're recognizing that the way to do your work in the world is different than how you may have been planning to do it over the last three or four years. Namely speaking, rather than being a solo coach and a solo creator or a solo consultant, it's now trying to find opportunities for you to work within a team structure mm-hmm. and to work with others. So tell us a little bit about the genesis and, and how you got to that particular point where you recognize like maybe I'm not going down the road that's going to like help me flourish the best. Yeah, it's a great question um, because it, it snuck up on me. It really did. And I think if I had been, perhaps if I had been paying a bit closer attention, I would have seen it a little bit earlier, but I would say easily two years ago, um, one of the first clues was that I just started getting really low energy around the content marketing pursuits that I had as part of my business for years. Um, I started coaching 10 years ago and social media was not really a thing. Blogs were a thing. They were just starting to be a thing. But other than that, social media was, you know, it didn't really hit till a couple of years later. And then people were like, oh, we can use this for business. Let's do all this, you know, build your list. Da, da, da. Um, so I had a great little gig going with my emails to my people and, and just beautiful emails back and all of that. And then, um, and we'll talk about Nourish, but when I, I launched into a second business, my energy was split. Um, but I also think that, I think that the weariness of the content marketing approach for me would have happened regardless. So that was my first clue was like, I just stopped sending emails. And I, there was a part of me that felt really irresponsible. And then I'd, a couple months would go by and I'd send this big email and say, oh, you haven't heard from me in a long time. So sorry. <laughs> and then the gap would get longer and longer in between the emails. And finally, I just thought, okay, you know, I'm going to release myself from this pressure. My practice runs on word of mouth and referral. And, um, and so it was fine. But there's always this should hanging over. And then we go to these great events like, you know, Camp Good Life Project and hear speakers and all get it all revved up again. And then I go home and like, I still don't feel like doing it. <laughs> <laughs> and I trust that. Like I really trust my my inner, you know, ometer, whatever ometer it is, of of really following the spark and following the flow and following what feels really juicy. And that was just declining. Um so recently, I, I've been reflecting on the 10-year anniversary of being a coach because along the way, a lot of people have tried to enter the coaching profession. It's still pretty young. People are still figuring this thing out. Um, social media has helped, but man, the playing field is full and it's getting fuller and fuller every day. Um, I think that you know schools are pumping out coaches faster than the coachable public knows what to do with us. So I'm proud of being around for 10 years successfully. Um, and I've done amazing things with amazing people. And um, I stopped and was like, you know, this has not been all sunshine and roses for 10 years. Like there are some pieces of this I really need to take a hard look at. And I've always, from my corporate, first corporate half of my career, I've always missed a team. Like I've always missed being in a room with really smart people who are really different from me and we have a common problem to solve or a common thing to create and we just dig in and get her done over eight or ten months or whatever I've always missed that even though I've gotten to work with amazing people doing amazing things that they've been temporary projects and um and I think that's something that I'm really really hungry for again yeah there's 
I'm a team guy. So Laura, you know that everybody knows that I love teams because there's, there's few things as sublime in the human experience as really accomplishing a big goal in a team format. Like it's great when it's, you know, by yourself, like I did that. But for me, like the, the height of human excellence is like, we did this, right. What we were able to do together. And unfortunately that's one of the downsides of sort of that solopreneur pathway is that, you know, you're the teams that you're advising get sort of that we did this together and you're kind of like, well, it's time for me to move on to the next Mm -hmm. thing type of thing. And you miss out on that. Right. Um, And there's a broader conversation here. And and you mentioned Chris Guillebeau's um, um, riff on the good life project. um, um, And we'll link up to the show, but there's this broader riff that's going on here. And I'm glad you mentioned it in that um, we're now starting to see more and more of the shakeout of online businesses, right? Mm Because it's really, you know, it's 2016. Um, I would say that by the time um, Tim Ferriss and the four hour work week came along, and I think in 2004, 2005, that timeframe. And by the time that sort of washed over the genuine populace, like it's just that amount of time that people have been in it, they've done it. And um, it takes a while um, for, what's the best way to say this? It can take a while for you to stop believing that the hype or things that aren't right for you are really not right for you. Right. Mm-hmm. There's, there's this while where you're like, well, I don't necessarily know that that's how I feel, but it seems to be the way that you feel. And so you get in this weird sort of thing before you come back to yourself, you know, like, you know what, that just doesn't fit me. That's not, mm-hmm. that's not who I am. Well, and I think the, the part of the struggle and maybe part of what has taken me a while to get to this point um, and I'm still not sure what this is all going to look like. And I know we'll talk about that, but you know, the, I would say the number one, so I work, as you know, I work really with deeply, deeply, deeply with core, like the deepest level of core values with my clients. And I call them core elements because it's mm-hmm. the parts of you that are never going to change. They've always been you. They've been manifested in different ways, et cetera. And I, because I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and solopreneurs, um, but also corporate people and executives and stuff, one of the number one core values that people have in common that I work with is freedom. And I think especially in the space of solopreneur, entrepreneur, online business, et cetera, like we all are, man, if there was a parade and somebody at the front had a flag and it said freedom in huge letters, we would rally behind that flag. And so it's, it can feel like such an either or. Um, and, and when, you know, so a couple months ago when I, this first really hit my head, like, like, man, there have been some really hard parts of this journey and I have not been willing to really face that. And I, I faced them finally and I got really angry and, uh, and when it just all hit me one night and I sat down on my computer, I was like, fine, I'm just going to get a job. I'm going to go on LinkedIn and I'm going to look at jobs and I'm just going to go back to corporate. Fine. You know, <laughs> I got really mad about it. And then, um, you know, and, and I just, and it was totally in that place of like, either I can have this amazing life full of all this freedom and that, or I'm back in the salt mines. And, and, you know, I've evolved a lot with that thought process, thankfully, over the past couple of months. But, um, but yeah, I think that's a really big thing that keeps us in it longer and keeps us looking at the bright, shiny versus looking at really the whole picture and really asking the hard questions. But the other thing is, too, that we got to know we gave it a damn good shot. Yeah, you got to know you gave it a damn good shot. You know, I'm going to pause here real quick because you just you indicated Charlie's number one rule for insight. Whenever 
you come up with an either or realize that it's a false dichotomy. Yes, absolutely. And there's always a third alternative. Yes. And so whatever that choice is, especially the more frustrated or mad or upset you are about it, I could either do this or I could do that. (laughs) Right. That's a fiction. Um, And it's an unuseful, it's one that's really not that useful. Um, But yeah, there's, there's giving it the damn good shot. There's, there's all that type of going. And you know, the other thing that about it, about it is like, we don't recognize how much being an entrepreneur has become an aspiration, right? It's become one of those, like, it's like what the cool kids do, right? Mm -hmm. And there's enough literature out there. There's enough articles. There's enough sort of osmotic push from other people that like, if you want to live the fullest life possible, you got to be an entrepreneur, right? Right. Um, Your path to being really happy, entrepreneurship. Your your path of working off your passions, entrepreneurship. Your path to money, entrepreneurship. So it Mm -hmm. seems that all roads lead to entrepreneurship, right? Um, And a certain kind of entrepreneurship. But there are many different roads, right? And you mentioned the piece about freedom. Um, I wrote a post a long time ago that that apparently I referenced enough that I need to do something more with. (laughs) Um, It's called Two Concepts of Freedom right? Um, and, and it's a riff off of Isaiah Berlin's two concepts of liberty. And there's freedom to, and there's freedom from, right? And like, there's that half flag, if we're marching out there, like freedom, it's like, what's the other half of the flag, freedom from, or freedom to? Mm-hmm. Because once you get to a point to where you realize that you can, you can construct your life so that you don't have to do a lot of the things that you, that you don't want to do, there's this really gripping thing that starts to happen, Right? okay, what do I actually want to do? What's my freedom to? Is my freedom mm-hmm. to be in service to my community? Is my freedom to explore this art that I've never, con- is my freedom to X, Y, and Z? And that's, I think, where a lot of the thrash comes from is that you're like, I've got it all figured out, but something is missing. Yeah. You know? Well, and that brings to mind something I've also thought of in terms of why going back into some, some kind of organizational structure feels really exciting to me right now is there's a freedom too. And it's, and I, you know, so sorry, let me back up last year. um, I had amazing opportunities, some of which are continuing to work with, you know, I was part of the good life project faculty team for immersion last year. I worked with an amazing um, career coach named Kathy Caprino, who has larger programs who have been a part of supporting. Um, There's a a great organization out of Asheville. I've been able to swoop in and do some adjunct coaching for. And, um, and I thought at the time I was loving that so much. And I thought, Oh man, I should make this part of my official business model for 2016 is like my one-on-one coaching and different programs, but then also like go really trying to cultivate more business like this. And then, you know, those, those businesses would like their business model would change. You know, Hey, this program that they said was going to start in November, like, ah, it's going to be April now. Sorry. So the income I was planning on, like, there it goes, you know? So I realized quickly, Oh, that's probably not super reliable. Um, But then I really thought more about it recently. And I realized that what was so appealing was the community, the connection, the team kind of piece. Right. So, and that I just got to swoop in and do my thing. And so there's that freedom to, you know, in the construct of, an, of the right job opportunity or organization, capital R, right? Um, there's the freedom to just jam on what I am best at. And yeah. that's so exciting to like be able to be free of all the stuff that comes with being a business owner. <laughs> you know? Like just go do, go do what I do, go do me. That's yeah, so- 
Yeah, it's so exciting. Um, I had a similar experience um, when Scott Dinsmore passed and I stepped in mm-hmm. to help um, Live Your Legend transition and running that business for a little bit because I was like, I had productive flourishing. I'm still doing the pod. I'm still doing everything else. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't be an operator in the business. I absolutely cannot. So I was just running the team and that's all I did. That was my one job. It wasn't like, you know, when you have your own small business, it was like running the team, writing the content, being on the show. Like, you know, you end up with 18 different hats, right? Uh-huh. Um, and some people thrive on that. And other times it's just exhausting, but it's like, I have one hat, right? I was like, oh yeah, I remember what this feels like. Um, and it's like, this is what I'm best at. And that's what I'm going to craft the job to do what I'm best at. I've since crafted my job at PF to be much more in line, in alignment with that too. So it's an oh, interesting wow. It's an interesting thing, but I think that's the challenge is that um, there's so much information out there um, and so much what we, I think, internalize is should language. Like we should be doing these things like this is like either what you do or this is how you do it. And we internalize that as a should and shoulds are almost, especially internal shoulds are almost never useful. <laughs> uh, but it's like, I should be doing all this and you recognize actually, I don't know that I feel that way, right? I don't know that I should. And that kind of gets us to the tension piece of it because you recognize that glimmer of doing that thing and swooping in. Um, And if it were just simple, like, oh, that's obvious. I'm just going to move it. No, no, um, no residue, no emotional hangover, then that would be fine. But it's not quite that simple. Right. Um, Why is it not quite that simple for you? (laughs) Huh, there's just so many parts and pieces. You just made me think about when I was getting ready to leave Nourish. And yeah, man, did I, yeah. ooh, I wrestled with that for so long. Um, so, okay, so Nourish is a, it was an idea that hit me in late 2011. Um, there, I saw a need and a gap in our community in terms of um, how people were able or not to get their hands on really, really healthy, amazing food that was in alignment with how they wanted to treat their bodies. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are super busy and who really want to eat well and fuel their bodies up as everything that's going to slow them down and um, not treat their bodies um, with respect. And so, so I thought somebody needs to create a business that will meet those people where they are and, and give them a convenience oriented service that also delivers amazing, healthy, fresh food that's organic and local and blah, blah, blah. So, so that happened and I had a business partner we launched officially in 2012 and uh and I didn't you know it's funny because sometimes I have to explain to people I didn't do that because I wanted to stop coaching or like anything was wrong or whatever this idea hit nobody was doing anything about it I could do something about it so we did you know and um and that was an amazing team experience it just in the end I realized it wasn't the kind of work that really lights me up the most like the personal professional development work and organizational development and leadership kind of work. Um, so, but that business grew and grew really, really quickly over the span of two and a half years. Um, and it demanded more and more and more of my time and more and more and more of my energy. And so my coaching business continued, but it got really, really skinny down. And, uh, by the time I was a participant in Good Life Project Immersion in 2014, I was completely burned out. Um, my business partner and I were both very, very burned out. Our, our physical bodies were showing the wear. Our marriages were showing the wear. Um, we did a really, I, I will say, we, whether it was healthy for us or not, we did a good job keeping a really good face on it for our team and for our community and our customers. Like On the outside, it all looked really 
good and everybody was happy except behind closed doors we were struggling hard um so in the immersion process with jonathan and my tribe i realized that i thought i was in immersion to grow the business in a smart way and then i realized i was in immersion so that i could extricate myself from the business and i really wrestled with that um and you may need to tie me back to the original question you asked but um but it was a lot of emotional stuff around, um, first of all, even just realizing, wait, I can leave? Wait, what? I, what? But I started this. Like, I, you mean I can stop and the world's not going to fall apart? Like, <laughs> you know, like lightning isn't going to strike. Things aren't going to come crashing down. Um, and that was the first thing I had to really wrap my head up. So, you know, and like co this coaching practice I've been building for 10 years, like, wait, I can, I don't, I'm not even sure I'm going to stop fully, but like, I can let go of it to a certain degree in its current form. And like, that's okay. But, but I've built a name for myself, but I wait, but all these people expect me to show up in this way and this way, you know, and um, so I wrestled with that a lot. I wrestled with guilt. I wrestled with, am I abandoning my business partner? What's going to happen? What if I leave? What if I leave and it succeeds wildly without me? What if I leave and it plows into the ground without me? We've got hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of customers across the city that depend on it. Like, what, what about them? What's going to happen? Am I leaving them high and dry? You know, so, and then I had people saying, like we were talking earlier, like I was, I was kind of the face of the company. I was the voice. I built the brand. Um, but wait, but you're, you are nourished. How can you leave? You can't leave. Like, well, actually, <laughs> if Nourish depends on me that much, it's not a strong enough company in the first place. So yeah, you know, I kind of need to go in that light, based on what you just said, I should step out and see what happens. Like, did we build this thing in a strong way? So tie me back to your original question. So I feel like I'm veering a little bit. Well, no, because um, the original question was really um, the fact that um, even though you see a positive forward step for you and how things might be different and better for you in the future, it's it like it's can be really hard to take that step. Mm -hmm. Why, what, what's, what's the challenge in taking that step for you now? Or like what, and part of it is, um, you know, the story of, wait, I can leave like what you just said. Right. right. Um, and so this is not your first time in starting something, mm -hmm. growing it to a certain degree and then changing something. Right. Um, right. And so, um, I'm not saying you feel the story. I'm just saying it would in, in I've seen enough stories that people tell themselves that it's like, you know, here I go, like, I can't make up my mind. Like I'm doing a bunch of different things. And the other story might be like, am I just not good enough? Like, is there something wrong? Like there's, there's mm -hmm. all those sorts of questions that really come from a less than scarcity space. Right. Well, they're the inner, the inner kind of demons to wrestle with around it. And all that stuff's going to come up. Like the fears are going to come up. The what ifs are going to come up. The why didn't you? And what if I had just had, maybe if I just took that one more, one program, it would all be better. You know, <laughs> like I just did that one thing. Um, so yeah, there's the inner stuff to wrestle with. But then also there's, I think, um, you know, kind of back to what we were talking about before about how like the entrepreneur, you know, like F the man, be an entrepreneur. It's the way to go, right? Like there's, I suspect my hunch is that over the next couple of years, we're going to see a bit of an exodus from the solopreneur, entrepreneur, online business space. I think there's going to be a wave of more of us going back into the workplace, which I think is great because we have learned so many good things that we have to offer now to change the internal systems of business. And I'm really excited about that. But I also think that there's going to be a bit of a stigma. 
um, of like, what do you mean? You're, wait, what? What do you mean you're getting a job? That's not what we do. Like, we hold the flag that says freedom. You know, <laughs> like we don't get yeah. jobs. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I think you're right, right? And I think for the next three to five years, I've already been sort of documenting this happening. There's three things that are happening simultaneously. Uh-huh. One is that um, entrepreneurs and small business owners are like, you know, maybe there are other configurations for me, right? Mm-hmm. That, that would be better than this because I'm tired, I'm worn out, like so on and so forth. Because believe it or not, it's hard to grow and scale a business. It's not easy, right? Some, and I'm not trying to say that um, there's some who are great people. There's some people who realize like, wait a second, this is not what I'm here to do. Right. And that's okay. Or I've created, I would, I would rather praise it this way. I've created new opportunities that were not available because of being an entrepreneur, because of being in small business. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't have made the step that I'm going to take without this interim step. Right. Um, so that's the way I would prefer. But one people um, closing up shop Two, um, a lot of aqua hires, in the sense of a lot of people hiring small, they're essentially buying out the talent that's already, that are in micro businesses to be a part of another business. I've already, you know, documented three or four mm-hmm. um, cases where that's going to happen. Actually, copy blogger media in one case now Rainmaker Digital, something they changed their name recently. Um, there's a lot of aqua hire actually. It's like, well, you know, Lord, like you're fantastic at what you do. We need what you do for our company, so we're going to hire you right as a. It, it's a weird, it's a weird arrangement when you hire a bunch of entrepreneurs. I will tell you that because I work with a lot of companies <laughs> too, but it's, it's not quite traditional employment. It's not quite traditional contractorship. It's some weird new, it's not quite freelancing either. It's different, right? It's a, it's some new way. So we see a lot more of pseudo aqua hires that are happening. And I think we're also seeing organizations that are making smarter, more human places to work. Right. Yes. And, and creating atmosphere is such that entrepreneurs can actually, or I won't say entrepreneurs, creative people who give a damn, right. Um, who want to make things better can actually work there. Mm-hmm. Right. And so those three happening at the same time means that we're going to have a microeconomic shift. I wouldn't call it micro, but we're going to have a shift in the way that we understand um, what I, what I call project world. Just an idea that, you know, you, you work on something for three to five years and then you move on to the next thing. I think for the next five years, we're going to see that sort of stigma. But then after that, I think it's going to become more of just the thing that you do, right? Right, right. I think so too. I mean, we're, yeah, the way that I have come to think about it, which makes so much more sense for me in my life is it goes back to the organic unfolding. That's, to me, that is... um, I've never, I've never been someone who needs to have the the 10 year vision or even the five year vision. Like it is such a thrill for me to not know what's really coming next. And I know that variety and, and freedom and flexibility will always be a core of who I am. So I have to have that self given permission first and foremost to unfold into the next, the next evolution of whatever this life is going to be and whatever I can offer in the world because of everything I've collected along the way. Um, so I think there is a mindset piece. Like if there was, if there's anybody listening who's contemplating like, Oh my gosh, you know, maybe it's time for me to make a big change or step away from my, my entrepreneurial venture. Like there's now, like I get really excited to have these conversations I'm having with the organizations that I'm meeting with because I'm stoked about everything I can bring to their table and I'm getting more and more clear and articulate about the unique nature of what I have to offer because of 10 years in corporate, 10 years, 15 years entrepreneur. Um, Like 
there's not, they're not going to get that from someone who's been in their company for 25 years. They're just not like, it's a fresh approach. It's a fresh look. It's deep learning from another side of the other side of the fence. Um, and the cross pollination, I hope like in the next five to 10 years, we're going to see business changing because of that cross pollination. So I've like, there's been a big mindset shift in my head and in my heart since the night that I was pissed and on LinkedIn looking at jobs. <laughs> Um, and I would, so I would say like, just choose your mindset and choose, choose the perspective that's going to, that's going to show you like, this is the unfolding of you in the world and it is good. And there's nothing about failure. As long as you're learning from it and growing from it, there's no such thing as failure with it. Um, it's just the next expression of you. And that's, that's good. Yeah, and that's the beauty of it because the fear of taking that next step in this, you know, ongoing unfolding is like, mm -hmm. what if it's the wrong thing? Like, what if I completely screw it up and I, <laughs> I go left when I should have gone right? And it's like, you know, no matter what you choose, you're going to be doing it for three to five years and then you move on to the next thing. Right. right? There will be something else that unfolds. And so the question is not what if it's the wrong step, it's how do I take the right steps every day? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that I think is. It's, it can play with your head, but it can also free up your heart. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's going to be, you know, kind of along the lines of the different waves, right? Like I'm seeing in the coaching space anyway, um, probably personal development space, I'm seeing a bit of a backlash starting against the big, the, some of the message of like scale, 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 you know, and six figure business, seven figure business and all of that shouting, you know, that there's, there's pushback people are stopping and like there was, it was easy to get swept up into the momentum of those waves earlier on. And now people are saying, well, wait a second, you know, for my quality of life, I want 10 clients. <laughs> Is that okay? Am I a failure if I don't have, you know, a, a list of 75,000 names on my email, you know? So I think I, I hope that, that there's a wave of those who stay really stay with intention and clarity. Yeah. And they stay with intention and clarity and open for the different arrangements that might come up because it yeah. could be working part-time for a company, having your 10 clients, right? And that's just the way that you roll. It could be, you know, you work seasonally where, you, you know, there are seasonal jobs like park rangers, right? Which are fantastic job, fantastic way to heal your body that it might be during a good part of the year you do that. <laughs> during the other part of the year, you do something else, right? Mm -hmm. I think that's the beauty of the world that we live in. It's, and, you know, life has always been unfolding in different ways. But with technology and especially communicated technologies, the speed of unfolding has increased but also the things that you can unfold into have increased as well. So it's like we get the problem of speed, but we get the advantage of um, diversity of opportunity that you can ever have. Cause you know, Laura Neff could unfold into doing service work in Africa about things she really cares about with a nonprofit that or nonprofit organization that's there. And Laura Neff of 2011 couldn't have seen that possibility. Right. You know, isn't that great? <laughs> that's so great. That's the beauty of it, but how, you know, that's, you know, it's kind of like the art of, of this uh, art of walking during this ongoing unfolding. And I wish it were as easy to say, you know, whenever one of these opportunities come up, take it. Cause that's mm. not true either. Right. That's, no. that's not what we're saying. Right. We're saying like there are times in which you, when you've reached a growth edge or a growth, a growth spot in your business um, or whatever that endure, it could be a job, it could be a creative endeavor, it could be nonprofit, whatever that is when you reach that growth edge is the time to start asking 
what new possibilities are available to me now that weren't available to me in the past and which of those possibilities most resonate, take me further along the the path that I'm trying to go, which may not be the path that I'm currently on. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, there's that, that unfolding thing to me, my mental image of the organic unfolding has been like walking down a sidewalk and it's kind of like, you know, or, or like when, uh, people get grass delivered, like turf delivered, it's all rolled up and you're walking toward the rolled up part and it just unfolds fast enough that you can keep walking. Um, but you have to walk with discernment, every step with discernment, every, you know, I always, sometimes I have coaching clients come in, especially if they want a new career, they're just like all fired up, like, I want a career, but I've got to pick the right thing. Like you said earlier, what if I pick wrong? And, uh, and I, I always try to relieve them of that immediately. Like, let's just bring the perspective in of what's the next right thing. What's you- the next, yeah, absolutely. And what I will say is if you're making million and billion dollar decisions, or if you're making decisions that will like materially affect someone's life in a moment, like doctors, mm-hmm. surgeons, engineers, military personnel, like politicians, like, yeah, there is a much higher cost of making a wrong choice with mm-hmm. these types of things. Most of us don't operate in that space. Uh, most of us um, are not setting up conditions that are not irreversible. And that's what we tell ourselves is that any choice that we make is an irreversible option, which it's, you, you can't reverse the time that you spend on that project. Um, but it's not one of those irreversible and terrible things that you'll never be able to recover from. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if, so for me, if I'm, on my deathbed when I'm an old, 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 old lady and I look back on my life and I see a series of next right steps, some of which may be like, well, it was an okay step, but as long as I know what I learned from it and I know what it contributed to the next right step and the next right step, like I cannot imagine that that is not going to be a life well lived. And so far, so good, right? <laughs> like, a couple mindset stumbles along the way, but once those ships are righted, like it's all, I'm back on track again. And yeah. All righty. So um, if people remember nothing else about your body of work and your message um, mm-hmm. from this episode, but one thing, what would you want that one thing to be? Uh, I would want it to be full on self-permission, um, stepping out of the shoulds, get your mindset where it needs to be to point you forward in as much of a positive way, growth oriented learning way. And um, just let it be good. Let it be good. All right. I'm going to turn it over to you. A new thing I've done is, is letting the guest of the jam issue the challenge or the adventure for the listeners. So um, what would you want to challenge or invite listeners who are listening to this to do? So for anybody who is, um, in an entrepreneurial space and they are listening with curiosity because they didn't realize perhaps that they had some things bubble up that they didn't want to really see, I would extend a challenge to spend some time with a journal or even just in your thoughts and be willing to ask the questions of what has been amazing so far in this and what has been so hard and I have not wanted to look at it square in the face. Laura, just thank, get, get real. <laughs> that's fantastic. Get real. Thanks so much for joining me today and, and sharing your story and, and being like comfortable sharing where you are because it's, it's a brave and um, vulnerable thing to do. And I appreciate that. Thank you, Charlie. Okay, Creative Giants. So you heard it from Laura. If you're thinking about your um, entrepreneurial pathway or just whatever journey that you're on, 
two questions for you. What has been amazing? And what have been some things that you had not wanted to get um, to really accept the truth of the difficulty of? Take some time to journal them and really think about them. And until next time, stand tall. Thanks for listening to the Creative Giant Show. To find more tools and inspiration for creative giants, head on over to ProductiveFlourishing.com. Stand tall, creative giant.